when you look at successful people, like you look at the marshmallow test, the people who are able to defer enjoyment in life, business, whatever it is, end up being more successful by a large order of magnitude mm -hmm. over those that take shortcuts. Steven Pinker writes in the book, uh, he's, he's, it's like a 22-hour listen for those people who like to read audiobooks, but um, it is uh, the final like thesis of the thing was that it was great. It was like, basically, this, there's never been a better time to be a victim. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, dude, those are so, so such profound words. And I think I read it in 2018. Um, and I was like, oh my God, when was this book written? 2009. And I was like, holy fuck, like what a, what a, uh, uh, a foresight he had into, and it's a lot of the college professors, I think like Jonathan Haidt, Jordan Peterson, those guys that they had the front row seat to a lot of this. And, um, but it's that like, yeah. you, you, like we're running out of stuff to complain about. And then like, we're, we're understanding that like throughout history, you know, we can point the finger and be like, I have a better idea, whatever it is, like this is unfair and you know, it could have been right, wrong or different. But now it's like, I feel like those arrows and fingers are like slowly turning inward <laughs> where it's like, listen, if you want to en enact any amount of change, it starts with you. Yeah. Like I'm, I was like going off the rails on this the other day with like dads and like, and like, and their sons. And like, I have like, I've just honestly been really struggling about like the whole like sports thing. And then, and then, and then I explain that really quick. The whole sports thing is like parents dedicate their entire personality yeah. and life and everything that matters to their elementary school child's yeah. sports career. And it's like, this doesn't make sense. And they yeah. just get really competitive. It's just like a whole thing. And I, it's not unique to California, SoCal. Well, it's, it is unique because there's so many people. But it's people. everywhere. It's everywhere. Not, yeah, but not at the degree that it is here because it's a, it's a numbers game. It's not like California special. It's a numbers game. If you look at cities like California, Florida, New York, Ohio, yeah. anytime you have a dense population and strong sports, that this is going to happen. I, listen, I was one of the best players in my entire state growing up like that's 1.4 million people there are what three million there are t 30 million people within a 20 like 30 mile radius or 60 mile radius of this location it's a whole different animal 30 million i don't uh, how many so. live in california i, don't know, I think 40 million live well, there's three million in orange county right there's three so million th in orange county so this and there's county, probably eight or ten in la right yeah so this county alone right which is much smaller than where i was grew up has three times more people than my entire state yeah so you know, it's a, it's a fishbowl thing, right? Like, like the, it's, it's humans are smart. They're very adaptive people. Like we kind of pull up into these tribes and yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's funny because what I, when I, and, and where it hits me the most is like not talking to dads really. It's talking to like when I interface with people that are younger, like 23, 25 who don't have kids and they have this idea of like, Oh, like when I have kids, like I'm, they're going to play football. I'm, they're going to be on these competitive teams and I'm like, you say that now, right? And I've said that too. But then you get there and you realize that competition has diminishing returns. Yeah. It, what makes us, it, it, you know, capitalism is great. It's a great system. doesn't work for everyone. But competition is, is great. But it, there is a point where too much competition is a bad thing because it rules people out from getting started. It, it's not, it's less inclusive. It's, you know, there's a, and to me, like at the young age, all those negative things are like just fucking in my face. And I struggle. I mean, that's something I like genuinely struggle with. I haven't talked to you about a lot, but, um, cause they have it wrong. Like there's, there's no data point. There's nothing they can point to where, they're right. Cause the, the literature on the topic is that the people who do best are well-rounded. 
like we have this idea of like if I want to become Tiger Woods, Serena, these are two great examples, right? These are in the book, great book called Range, is that I need from a young age. I need to start swinging a golf club and that's the only way I'm going to make the PGA tour. Yeah. When most of the people who are professional athletes played multiple sports growing up, yeah. they didn't just focus on one thing. And it's, it's, and that's just not true of sports. That's true of like what they find in research, right? If you're a cardiologist and you know, they've, they've, create more breakthroughs by meeting with a neurologist and having people come in who know a lot about different areas and are able to piece things together. And that's true I think about like leadership. internal medicine doctors are so underrated. That's why yeah. an internal medicine doctor saved my life. And there were great doctors at Johns Hopkins, which is a really good hospital, that were you know in specific areas. They could not figure out what was wrong with me. So I finally got to the internal medicine doctor and he's the one that figured it out. Yeah. And I've always had like such a respect for someone who understands everything from that day forward, because yeah. I, I don't think I would have got figured it out. Yeah, but it goes it back to the him. incentive system, yeah. right? Modern medicine is not incentivized to help Nancy. It's incentivized to prescribe. Oh, yeah. Right? It's, it's incentivized to pump whatever but, I mean, My, my point gonna... is that, like, you know, it's not to be hyper, be a, a hyper-focused specialist in one piece of the pie, I think is... Um, overvalued and I think actually knowing a little bit less about more things give you a broader perspective especially in business and sports and like leadership teammates all that stuff um and obviously in health that I would rather know a lot about a lot of things than know everything about one thing you mean a little bit about a lot of things well I mean a good amount about a lot of things rather than knowing everything about one thing. I mean, this, a great example is being a pre and postnatal specialist for ab, like for ab rehab and helping women heal diastasis and pelvic floor. You can study everything about DR and pelvic floor and how to heal it and how to approach it and da, 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 da. I, and, and I've had a lot of coaches work for me over the years. The best coaches are always the ones that understand kinesiology and the body as a whole. They understand training mediums outside of pre and postnatal. Like Lindsay Davis is a great example, our, our director of coaching. She, by trade, is a, a trainer that trained, you know, high intensity strength training, just like me, a lot of group fitness, worked with thousands and thousands of people over a long period of time, had her eyes on a lot of bodies, a lot of movement patterns, a lot of different imbalances and situations. And then she learned pre and postnatal and she just boop, took off. You know why? Because she had this understanding of fitness Foundation. and the body as a whole, kinesiology as a whole, nutrition as a whole, and how those things are interconnected. So then when you add in that specialty, that expertise on top of it, watch the fuck out because that that is where you want someone to be. Um, and that's always been the case for us. And I mean, it's great when we have a pelvic floor therapist come in and we utilize them and lean on them for specific things. But no one, in my opinion, is better than to have someone that understands the entire body and how training works as a whole, not just one piece. But that could be applied to like any industry i think yeah, well there's no substitute for being well-rounded yeah that's kind of what you're saying and, I think and that's that, the kind of real athlete that you were i mean it's the kind of businessman you are but it was also the kind of athlete that you were you weren't necessarily best at one specific position but you were like really good at a lot of different things and you're really good at leadership that's yeah thank you but that's how you get good yeah right and that, i mean i think that's the you can never have all your eggs in one basket Right. And that's, you know, that's what caused a lot of health or a lot of health issues or mental health issues. And, you know, especially the kids not being able to handle adversity. Like you should want them to, you should lose. want them to lose. You should, you want should, them to lose. You should want them to lose. Not, not, okay. So not want them to lose. Cause every, I, we, 
I want to win. Like I, don't I mean, everyone lose. wants to win, but like they need not... to have experience losing and coming back from losing. I think you're you're yeah correct. You should want them to lose. You should want them to learn, right? And learning should not be correlated with winning. You learn more from like I would say in college. I have one C in college, rest A's, couple B's, and that class I learned a C in cost accounting. I forget the professor's name. He was a real dick, but a great great teacher. I learned more in that class that I got a C than maybe all of my accounting classes combined. And he had terrible reviews. He had a bad yeah. reputation. But like the thing is, I, I learned more, most there, right? And like that's life. <laughs> like you don't learn when everything's going rosy and everything's, you know, backs on against the wall and everything's pie, you know, pie in the sky. Like, so you want to craft that. You know, Jonathan Haidt writes a lot about this, the ha- I think in the happiness hypothesis, but it's all about your child experiencing adversity at like, I don't know, I'm just going to make it up, but like sixth grade, like third grade to sixth grade because they don't want it too late in life because then it's too fucking late and they don't want it too early because then they'll develop kind of like trust issues and like, you know, they'll grow up to be, you know, have some difficulties and it's all about the timing. Um, and I just look back and I just like look what we're doing and I'm just like, man, like I played at a really high level and I did not even start until I was in fifth grade. And then and- I played offensive line and I was hard, I was so heartbroken. I thought I was going to be a quarterback. I thought I was going to be a running back. Everyone else on the team did. They put all the fat kids up front, said, run that way, catch a pass. If you dropped it, you didn't get to play quarterback. I was like, I was so bummed. I had to play the Don't line. Don't call yourself fat. Well, I was chubbier, Kevin, kid. But, um, and then what happened, right? Then you say, okay, if, if I want to do this, if I want to play running back, I want to do all these things, I've got to work, yeah. right? And it's that, it's that thing where, you know, I was telling you, we had kids that we'd play with who came in who were like record-breaking running backs at the most bumfuck schools in the corner of the, the state that you could think of could not even play on the practice squad. Yeah. Like, they weren't even good enough to be fourth string players. Yeah. And they had got scholarships because they had the to where? Know, the West Virginia, you and know, they because did. they had, and they didn't make it. They literally didn't make it a f- full season. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, that's like, you can't live in this world where, you know, you just curate. I mean, Jonathan Haidt isn't his thing, but you know, you prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. Yeah. And so much of what I see in sports is preparing the child or preparing the road, road for the for child, child. Yeah. by saying, Hey, you're going to play this position. You're going to play on this team. And here's what you're going to do. You're, you're going to play on this team. Cause they win every single game. You're going like, to win every game and you're going to be beating the shit out of a bunch of rec league teams. Like, and it's just, and, and so the, what I struggle with, and for me, it's like, that's fine because like Max I'm coaches, which is why he's, you know, knows, feels, have strong feelings about it. Cause you're, Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think it's, I mean, it's just like, it's such a great opportunity to learn. Like the, the boys learning how to like, you know, so I guess my thing is like, I understand. Like even we argue about this too. You're like, well, we got to put a team together. And I'm like, no, like, well, that's the thing not is, is, what we're going to do. Yeah, that's not, that's not what I mean. It's not like I want to put together like a winning team or whatever. It's like, it's really frustrating that every other team does that. And then we're the only ones that come in and just take whoever sort of like left over. And that's not how the rec teams were where I grew up. Yeah. Like you had a draft and like you got two players from each round and then it made all the teams pretty even. And then everyone had a run to be a great team, you know, based off of how you work together throughout the season. That's not how it works here. You come in and you put your whole roster together and then they'll give you that team. So if you go around and you scout over the season, all the top players from all the second grade teams and you get their parents on board on your team, then you're going to have the best team of the entire league and you're going to win every single game. Yeah, That's not fair to the, to the second graders. It's also not fair to like, we don't want to do that. I don't want to scout fucking whatever. Like, 
I just want it to be fair for the other teams to play on, you know? So it does get like a little bit frustrating when, you know, every, basically every team puts together this like roster and then we are the only ones that basically don't because we don't really like believe in it. It's just like, it's hard to see your kid lose every single game of the entire season and like never basically win at all because you're playing teams that have strategically put, uh, boys on that team that they know are good players and they won't even let kids on that aren't good yeah and they play together for three to four years versus this is just not even three to four i mean they'll play together all the way through yeah like they'll never change teams which i mean it's fine it'll change though so here here's what's going to happen it'll change because if you're good at five or six or seven has fuck all to do if you're good at 10 12, well, yeah. 17, 18. Like, people don't understand. That. And here, that here's why I'm super passionate about it, because I played at a fucking higher level than all of them. Well, that's the so thing. So they've like, never even sniffed yeah, the jock funny to of see someone the who's other, played at the levels I've played yeah, at. Yeah, the other coaches that are coaching like, these other teams that we're playing, I mean, they're all dads that yeah. have never played collegiate sports above Division three. You know, and Max played Division oh, One. Played Division Three. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, it, the thing is, it's not. And I hate to come from it from a point of like I'm better than that person because it really doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just it's experience I've been, and understanding. I've been where you want to get your kids. Like I've been there. Yeah. And and there's no greater teacher than experience. So you know, if someone were, if I were to have an opinion on another topic, right? Like it's like if me were like, hey, Nancy, here's my thoughts on childbirth. I think this is like. From a C-section standpoint, like I really think I have this figured out, and here are the like five steps you need to t- take. Yeah, you'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, are you an idiot? <laughs> like, you know, like you are so misguided." And it's just a strong opinion on something that, like, I mean, so I guess my point is, like, I understand all sides, right? I understand everyone's side, and to me, that is a challenging place for me to be personally because I understand if I'm the league, I'd be doing the exact same fucking thing they're doing because they want to get as many people as they can to play. They yeah. want checks to be written and teams to come in, right? And they yeah. know that if they had to play six, ran- like what we do, they had to play six random kids on a team of two known kids every year, it would be kind of a cluster. It would be kind of difficult to do. It might not be a great business decision, but it would be what's best for the kids. Yeah. And that's where I get really, really fired up is the same thing in our space with healthcare, right? You look at how much fucking insurance money is wasted on men, women, whoever it is, paying for other people's care who do not fucking take care of themselves. Yeah. It's kind of the same. At a certain point in society, someone needs to stand up and do something about it. So I think that's where I get like really fired up about the work that we do. And then I'm not going to go out and like start my own league, but like, I just think that it's, it's, we need to like talk about these things more, you know, with like, that's not what's best for our boys. It's not what's best for them. Getting teams that are getting, getting prearranged teams to play in rec league and teams that are quite frankly are with kids your kids already fucking go to school <laughs> like, like like imagine if you just put our kids in some of these teams where they'd say hey, you're gonna see the same kids you go to school with and you're gonna win almost every game it's like okay so when you're 12 and you're playing a bunch of kids from other different cities who are gonna beat the dog shit out of you because they were playing soccer in south county or like whatever it is right and it's just like you're not setting these kids up for success and that's why i feel like what a lot of what we do is we say hey we're listen i'm gonna trade this short-term benefit for a longer term reward. Yeah. And I think when you look at successful people, like you look at the marshmallow test, the people who are able to defer enjoyment in life, business, whatever it is, end up being more successful by a large order of magnitude mm-hmm. over those that take shortcuts. Mm-hmm.